Hey there, everyone. You're tuning in to the Path Podcast, and this is episode 110. My name is Derek. And I am Jason. And hey, I get to be the host today because mm-hmm. Jason brought the Lord's Word to us this week, and uh, he uh, helped us to see that Jesus is not a copycat Savior. He is uh, the real deal, the real thing. And uh, he helped us see that from Paul's uh, moment in Athens yeah. and how he uh, addressed this uh place where they served so many thoughts and ideas and gods and yada 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 and he's mm-hmm. like nope there's only one and yeah. uh and i've seen him uh raised from the dead so tell us a little bit more about what yeah. uh what you taught this week and help us to see some things we can grab onto <clears throat> and take with us this week jason sure yeah so um i re- i love this passage mm-hmm. uh, it's passage. just a it's such a great passage and i I'm so thankful for um, uh, for moments like this in Scripture where I, I'm so thankful Luke um, wrote down this specific instance because it's it's uh, it speaks to me greatly just because Paul is um, super smart in the way that he presents the gospel. And I think that that's, um, I, I, this is going to sound like an accusation, but I, I just think that's a part that we overlook sometimes, mm-hmm. that it's it's good to be clever in the way that mm-hmm. we share the gospel. And I think I think God is honored by that. I think Scripture would teach that, that um, like we talked about on Sunday at the end of the sermon, that Jesus sends out the disciples to go and and share the gospel. And he says, be um, be as cunning as serpents and as innocent as doves, right? Mm-hmm. Wise, mm-hmm. wise as serpents, innocent as doves. And and I think that that's really that's a part that we overlook. And mm-hmm. and in this passage, we see Paul is super clever in the way that he shares the gospel. Um, and and what we see in that is there was really kind of three things that we saw. You know, Paul had walked around Athens, and he he had he had followed the same pattern that he practiced in every town he went to. He went to the synagogue first, um, and it wasn't very productive going to the synagogue in Athens. And so he goes to walk around the town, and he's he notices. Um, that the first thing we talked about on Sunday was that we all have this desire to want to know God built into us, that or to want to know something bigger than ourselves is how the rest of the world would look at it. Mm-hmm. Um, but we know, as followers of Christ, that that's that's we want to know God. Mm-hmm. Um, that we were we were joking before we started recording that um, you know there was a song years ago that said there's a there's a God shaped hole in all of us, right? Mm-hmm. That um, that we want to fill that hole with something and. The way that the Athenians were doing it is they were filling it with idols, and that's typically how that is played out in the history of humanity, that um, because of sin, um, our search for God is kind of diverted, and it goes into lesser things as opposed to toward God. Um, and, uh, and so Paul says, Hey, listen, there's, um, I've, I've walked around Athens and I, and I noticed a few things. Let, let me, let me tell you what I've noticed about you guys. You guys are really religious. I think that's great that you're religious. Um, I want to help you understand though, that you've placed your religiosity in the wrong place, uh, is, is what basically what Paul says to him. And, um, you know, he notices that there's this, this altar to an unknown God is what the inscription says. And, in my mind, and this is just silly, Jason, of, you know, the Athenians or the, the Greek culture had created all of these idols for all of these different aspects of life. You know, I mean, you think back to Greek mythology and all those Greek gods that, that we know of. Um, but then they were like, you know what, just in case we didn't get it right, let's make one more, <laughs> you know. And uh, and that's just, that's, 
I know that that's not exactly what happened, but in my mind, it's kind of funny of like, let's just cover our behinds here and make one more just in case we miss something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that provides this incredible opportunity for Paul to say, hey, you know how you have this one to an unknown God? I know the God that you think is 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 here, and let me share about him with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's I think that that's beautiful that Paul says... Jesus is not just this one more savior in the long line of savior myths that that went along through um, history that um, that people tried to make up stories to say, hey, we need some help here. Mm-hmm. Let's make up a story that looks like it, it helps us. Um, and and I was I was really appreciative uh, of uh, Jay Warner Wallace's work in his book, <clears throat> where he lays out um, a very intricate. Um, outline of all of those myths throughout history and how they all um, they all are mimicking what Jesus came and fulfilled mm-hmm. that there's all these stories that um, of of myth or, uh, there's all these myths and mythologies where um, it there's these gods who are working in humanity or who the, in, in the story they're working in humanity but Jesus comes and he does all of those things mm-hmm. uh, and so it, it's it was exciting to see that and I would encourage you Get Jay Warner Wallace's book, Person of Interest. It's it's a fascinating study, um, and uh, and and it, he's able to go into a lot more detail than we have time to do. Excuse me. Bless you, brother. Excuse me. Bless you. All right. Again. There we mm-hmm. go. Sorry about that. That's okay, man. It happens. It happens. Um, and I'm ordained, so I can bless you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's a joke. Um, but all that to say. Throughout history, man has searched for God. Mm-hmm. There's this there's this innate desire to want to know God better. And the beautiful thing is that the God of creation, the creator of the universe, he knows that that's designed into us, and God wants us to know him. He wants mm-hmm. us to know him. He reveals himself to us through um, creation. He reveals himself to us through his word. Uh, and, and lots of other ways, too, that the, um, uh, it, it's exciting to me that... Um, if you were to also look over to Paul's right or Paul's letter to the Romans in chapter one, there he breaks all this down of how God reveals Himself to us that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in creation God is saying I am here, and that uh, in creation God reveals Himself enough for us to be uh, aware of Him and and to uh, know about Him, but then He reveals Himself even more clearly in His Word so that we might be saved from our sin. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think it's good to have that kind of in the backdrop of that. That's part of Paul's thinking here. Um, but the other thing that is, that is really cool and that has great implications for us uh, in 2023 is that God in his common grace has allowed humanity to flourish in certain areas. Mm-hmm. And he allows humans, while they may not understand that it's coming from God, that to get a glimpse of him. And mm-hmm. so Paul, in his presentation of the gospel, um, he does this absolutely brilliant thing where he quotes um, Greek poets back to these Greek thinkers here in Athens. And the thing that I think is really, really brilliant about that is that uh, there's kind of, there's two things here. Number one, Paul understands his audience that they're these philosophers and thinkers and um and, and so there, he knows that they're going to have lots of questions and objections mm-hmm. that maybe the average, um, less educated person would not mm-hmm. necessarily have. So Paul understands, I'm going to have to make a reasonable argument. I'm going to have to make an argument for the gospel that these people will say, 
okay, that's reasonable. Mm -hmm. Let let me hear more about this, you know? Um, But then also, he quotes their own people to them and says, hey, you know how this guy, Epimenides of Crete, said this in his poem? He's talking about God. Or you know how Erastus said this in his poem? He's talking about this God that I'm Mm -hmm. telling you about. Um, And so... For them, um, I, I think it was a. It's a. It's almost like a. Uh, to use a, a term that we have nowadays, it's like a masterclass in how you connect with a group of people, knowing that they have no knowledge of scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, because t- for for Paul, for him to have come in, now granted, I know the timeline. This doesn't work, but for Paul to have come in and said John three sixteen says, mm-hmm. these people would have been like, first off, mm-hmm. who is John? Yeah. Secondly, why does that have any bearing on this conversation? Mm-hmm. Um, and so so for him to come in and say, I'm going to share Jesus with you, but mm-hmm. I'm going to use methods that are going to get into to where you are without confusing you with something else that you have no connection with so mm-hmm. far. Um, and so I think it's important for us to, to realize that um, everybody has this innate desire and then we have to do the work as followers of Christ to learn how to connect with people that we come into contact mm-hmm. with. So important. Um, because I, I had quoted uh, a 2017 study that said that um, the positive side of it is that 93% of the world's population says that they believe in some higher power. Mm-hmm. So if that's the case, awesome. We have a common ground like, hey, don't you think that there's something bigger than us? Mm-hmm. Simple, simple question to start a conversation. Um, that would be weird to go up to a stranger and say that, you know, mm-hmm, build mm-hmm. the relationship first. But, um, but to be able to have that common ground to land on to, or to start in is a great place to start. And Paul, mm-hmm. Paul shows us how you can do that here. Um, but then not only does Paul, d- does God want us to know him and he reveals himself to us in a lot of different ways, but also we see that God has given us assurance of the fact that Jesus is the true savior, that he's not just another um, one of these myths by raising him from the dead. Mm-hmm. Um, that all of those other savior myths throughout history don't have a savior who's alive. Mm-hmm. They have a savior that they looked to as a lowercase s savior, mm-hmm. and he eventually died yeah. and um, was not raised from the dead. Mm-hmm. And so we have a savior who went to the cross, who died the death that we deserve, paid the price that we couldn't pay, and then rose from the dead on our behalf, so mm-hmm. that we might have life in Him. Uh, and so that's kind of the, the that was kind of the the um, the uh, framework that we were working in. That we want we we want to know God. God wants us to know Him, and God gives us assurance of who He is mm-hmm. uh, through the resurrection. Yeah, a couple of things stand out to me. Number one, mm-hmm. you mentioned Paul and his brilliance. Yeah, and that's definitely true. Yeah, but it gives us a, you know, this awesome that He did it then. Right. But it is completely different than what we see, you know, uh, Jesus, number one, uh, uh, revealing himself to mostly Galileans. You yeah. know, those folks later on were mocked because, you know, they're uneducated. Those, uneducated. Yeah. It's kind of yeah. this, you know, fisherman and, you know, you know, a tax collector here or there. But yeah. for the most part, uneducated guys, um, you know, you see... Um, you know, Jewish people coming to faith in Christ through mm-hmm. the witness. So, so, and now you see um, Paul engaging kind of the upper echelon of intelligence, right, yeah. for the for the whole world in mm-hmm. that day, and 
engaging them with the same gospel. So what I yeah. what I see there is that it's applicable for us today because this applies to anyone. Yeah. Like this yeah. this truth pervades and transcends class, uh, level of education, mm-hmm. socioeconomics. It, it's it's reaching in every facet of humanity yeah. and, and changing people's lives. And that's the other thing you see is that people walk away from this encounter with Paul and they believe. Yeah. And they follow him. And, uh, you know, they are, uh, I know Dionysus um, is mentioned later on mm-hmm. in another gospel. So, right. like, they followed him for a long time. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, they're with him following Christ learning about these things and committing their lives. So these intelligent people are believing and following. That should give us confidence to share this truth with whomever we come in contact with. And Mm -hmm. I think we often lack confidence, right? I agree with that. Because the world seems so antagonistic to Christianity and it's so mocking as as mm-hmm. it was in Jesus's or in the uh, the early days of the church mm-hmm. uh, in in Acts chapter two or three, but there, you know, so the world seems so antagonistic to what yeah. our belief is that for, and we don't and we're not versed enough or prepared enough or confident enough or something mm-hmm. to engage with the world. And so that's what that's really the hope of this series and mm-hmm. other things too, but to give you some things to kind of say, oh wow, yeah, I have uh, immense confidence yeah. that this gospel is true, that this gospel is real and can be dialogued with mm-hmm. other people in a way that they will come away, they could come away from it believing and following Christ. Right. That should give us confidence in sharing our faith engaging with our friends and neighbors and loved ones yeah. in a loving way. We don't have to just beat them over the head with it, but just to say, you know, say, Hey, well, have you ever considered this? Have right. you ever considered that? You know, and that's the hope of this series. Absolutely. Is to give people some handles to hold on to with that and help them share their faith. Yeah, I agree. And I, I think it's, it's easy to think that a lot more of the world is super antagonistic to Christianity because that's what gets the press. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's what that, that has a, um, it has a really strong emotional impact on us mm-hmm. when you have like uh, when you have a, a, a interaction with somebody as you're trying to share the gospel mm-hmm. and it goes really wrong you could you could easily think oh no this is how it's always going to be that's not true mm-hmm. um, I, I think that um, studies would show and we've talked about this before here at Lafayette first is that most people are open to at least listening to you mm-hmm. um, like what what's the the <clears throat> figure that you say that, that you've said that like uh it's like 80 plus percent 81% 81% of people are willing to come to church if they're invited. Yeah. And now does that mean that they're going to get saved that first time they come? No, but they're at least willing to come. Well, I would even say like people are more, the the statistics show people are more apt to come. If a friend of theirs, someone that is, that is related to them in some way, family or friend Mm -hmm. invites them rather than like a pastor inviting them. Right right? now, listen, I'm going to invite people sure. I, all the time when I go to restaurants. I'm asking people, can I pray for them? I helped a lady yesterday. And this, I'm not trying to say this, but she was, uh, I'm not trying to say this to get any kind of recognition. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I helped a lady who needed some transmission fluid. She was stopped right in the front of my neighborhood. And mm-hmm. I rolled in one and I said, hey, 
can I help you? And she's like, well, my, you know, I got my transmission fixed, but it ain't working, you know? And mm. I, I was like, well, how can I help you today? You need me to help you push it somewhere or something, you know? And she says, I think it'll work if you'll, if you could go get me some transmission fluid. So I went and got some transmission fluid. Mm. And I just said, Hey, if you don't have a church home, I attend Lafayette First Baptist. Yeah. I love, it'd be great if you could come, you know? Right. Now, she didn't know I'm the pastor because I didn't say it. Sure. She'll just get surprised if she comes. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, and part of that's part of the reason I didn't say that is because just because it's almost expected yeah. that a pastor would invite people to church. Right. So the statistics go down and down and down, mm-hmm. but they're higher the more that you have a relationship with somebody right. for those people to come. It's absolutely true. We should have that confidence. Yeah, definitely. And and the other side of that too, <coughs> excuse me, the other side of that too is that I think that um, we need to remember that it's not, it's not um, our success as followers of Christ in inviting people to church or sharing the gospel is not based on the results. Mm-hmm. Jesus calls us to go and t- share everything that right. he taught. So even here with Paul, you know, yeah, Paul could walk away and go, dang, for real, only three people mm-hmm. out of the Areopagus believed? No, Paul went away saying the gospel was shared. I was mm-hmm. obedient to the command that Christ gave me. And it, the results are up to him. Mm-hmm. The results are up to him. And so I think for... For us, it should just be, I look at, at this passage and this message as let's build our confidence. Let's bolster mm-hmm. our um, our confidence to be able to say, you know what? Yeah, I would have loved for more people to respond in a positive way, yeah. but that's not my job. Mm-hmm. That My job is not to worry about the results. My job is to share. Yeah. My job is to go and share. And I think that this passage gives us a great example of the fact that there's lots of different ways that you can share the gospel. Mm-hmm. Lots of ways that you can share the yeah. gospel. Because this is just one example of how Paul shares. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's many, many others of how Paul shares the gospel with people in different ways that um, that that should take some pressure off of us. To mm-hmm. That you don't have to have, like, this packaged, practiced no. presentation that you give. It's, it is... Um, I think it's a, a, one of the greatest things that, that you see in Greek is... Uh, it's as you go. Mm-hmm. It's not when you make the decision, I'm going out today to share the gospel. It's just as you're living your life, mm-hmm. be aware of the fact that yeah. there are going to be opportunities. And I think um, a prayer that I started praying a lot of years ago that I think might be helpful for some listeners is um, I pray every morning, God, help me be aware of what's going on around me. Mm-hmm. And it's as simple as that. Not It's not even like, God, give me the most profound opportunity to share mm-hmm. the gospel today. Yeah. It's just, God, as I'm as I'm going, help me be aware. Mm-hmm. And and it's it's easy to get so insulated, and you're you're not even paying attention to what's going on around you. Mm-hmm. And you could look back over your day and go, Oh man, yeah, that would have been a great opportunity for yeah. me to just share the love of Jesus with this person. Mm-hmm. Or or man, I could have turned that into a really cool opportunity to say, "Hey, you know how you're struggling with that? Let me tell you about my Jesus that uh, has helped me work through something very mm-hmm. similar." It, it's, it's simple stuff like that. Yeah, so. I I pray often the prayer, uh, Lord, help me to embrace the opportunities you have given me mm-hmm. today, the the things that are before me. Yeah, to have those similar prayer, you know, to help me embrace that, not just to say, "Oh, cool, that's an opportunity," but to say. That might be an opportunity for the Lord. Let me embrace yeah, that. Let me, let me, let me, me engage it, yeah. with that and do something. Yeah. I, I love this passage of Scripture, too. And one of the reasons 
that I do, it, it reminds me, um, in a way, in my undergrad, I, I was a psychology major mm. at the University of West Georgia. In the um, psychology department there, it was one of, at the time, one of the only in the nation, uh, one of the only uh, existential, um, altruistic, um, humanistic, psychology departments. Mm -hmm. Most psychology departments in the country were bachelors of science. Yeah. This was a Bachelor of Arts in humanistic and existential, and existential psychology. Which which is what does that mean? Really, really worldly. Yeah. Really, really thoughtful right. about human thought and human mm -hmm. flourishing and th this idea that humankind is gonna fix all the problems in the world kind of thing. Right. Um is that's it, that in a nutshell. There's a lot more to it. But in a nutshell, that's kind of what it was. And it was, in a way, like the era pages, right? Mm -hmm. it, was, it was this moment of almost any thought w went. Yeah. You could talk about anything you wanted to. Yeah. And so, you know, um, in my, <laughs> my youthful arrogance, maybe, or <laughs> confidence, whatever, yeah. Um, I love the Lord. I was, you know, striving to live for Him as best I could in those days, and uh, it was challenging because you're up against yeah. any thought, any mm -hmm. ideas. But to come into that, and um, it was probably helpful. There were a couple of us that were believers engaging with these things. But I remember, you know, just saying, "Well, hey, that there sounds like a lot of truth to that thing that you're saying." But this is how I view it mm -hmm. from a scriptural standpoint. You know, kind of like Paul did yeah. with the philosophers of the day. It says, well, actually, I think these things are written on their hearts, thinking about, you know, the true one, one true God that God yeah. raised from the dead. Yeah. And so the funny thing was, man, is that, like, I got, I got, I got college credit for serving at my church mm -hmm. in that program. Um, no one really, like, berated us or... Yeah or um, persecuted us or anything. And I think it was just because we engaged with the, the thoughts of the day. Mm -hmm. and now, you know, we didn't have people walking away with us following sure. Jesus necessarily either. But it wasn't in an antagonistic way either. Yeah, no, yeah. That, it was not antagonistic at all. Now, the world has changed even since then. I'm sure, sure it would be, you know, there's, there's more antagonism for sure. But, you know, it gave me confidence to mm -hmm. say, you know what, I can engage with almost any thought in the world mm -hmm. and ask questions. And that's what oftentimes yeah. you would do. Uh, coming in there it, with arrogance about Christianity and just, yeah. you know, it's saying, never gonna end well. you know, thus says the Lord, you got to deal with it kind of thing. It doesn't work in that context. You have to come at it like Paul did, um, kind of beat around the bush. And I noticed that you do this over here. Yeah. Have you considered that it might have correlation to this, you yeah. know, and those kind of things. And, I mean, I would write papers and get A's on them about Jesus and prayer and meditation, you know, <laughs> yeah. like, and, and and comparing and contrasting those with, so, you know, the Lord just blessed and all that time, you know, and yeah. I think it was helpful for me to have that engagement. Uh, I am so thankful that I went to a liberal arts school for my undergrad because it helped me mm -hmm. to realize this truth of God's Word does engage every single type yeah. of person and and uh, we should be willing to do that in a, a loving and kind manner but uh, but not in any way 
lessening who Jesus is or the yeah. gospel either. We never did that. You know, right. we were able to engage those things and um, and and speak of Christ um, still. Yeah, and people considered it. You know, so. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I, I think uh, kind of a secondary sort of big takeaway from this passage too is that it should be an encouragement for us to go and <clears throat> study, like be. Be aware of what's going on around you. Like mm-hmm. know know the scriptures, study the Bible, but also be a student of culture. Mm-hmm. Now, now got to be careful. Like yeah. that doesn't mean that we're just taking in everything the culture has to give us. But it, but be aware of what's going on around us, so that you can say, okay, like Paul did. You know, I noticed that you guys are doing this, mm-hmm. um, but I think what you're doing there actually connects to what I know of scripture. Mm-hmm. And he, let me show you how. Yeah. Um, and so it. I think so often we we think we have to have every answer to every question we might face. Mm-hmm. Nothing could be further from the truth. You don't have to have every answer. Nobody expects you to no. be brilliant and a genius and have every answer to every question. But being able to engage takes some work on our part. It mm-hmm. takes some effort on our yeah. part. We have to we have to be studying in order to be able to engage. I think it's helpful for us to know from where people are coming. Absolutely, yeah. And uh, that's what Paul did. He mm-hmm. understood yep. their culture. Mm-hmm. He understood, he, he didn't just understand it like, you know, well, I see where they're coming from. I mean, like he knew aspects of it yeah. that he could engage with them in. Um, and, and I think that's important for us too. I agree. I, I think, and that was one of the things like in my experience in my undergrad was that we were just, man, we were learning some interesting stuff. Yeah. But, uh, but what was cool is that, you know, and it's kind of this phrase, you know, all truth is God's truth. Mm-hmm. And the idea is that there are nuggets of things there that correlate with the the truth of God's word and who God yeah. is. Yeah. And and uh, if you don't, it's really it's just apologetics. Right. You know, apologetics yeah. is the 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 process or the um, the um, discipline mm-hmm. of knowing how to defend your faith. Right. Um, so um, that and that's what it is, it, and here it is in scripture. Mm-hmm. Someone being a great apologist, yeah, for the faith and defending it amongst right. the most learned people mm-hmm. of of that day. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. So. Cool. Yeah. Anything else? I think that's all I got. Yeah. Just yeah. Uh, you know, be bold in in sharing your faith and yeah. be confident, knowing that. The Lord is good, and uh, he he uh, he wants everybody to know him. Yeah, and listen, we are here as your pastors to help equip you. Absolutely, yeah. Um, if there are questions that you have, come and talk with us. Yeah, that's why we say every time at the end of this podcast is, "Hey, we want to hear from you. Email us with your questions. Yeah. Email us with the things that you're engaging with. Uh, email us with." Maybe some of the things you're like, well, hey, I've got this friend, and they believe this, and I don't know what to say. Okay, maybe we can help you. We yeah, might, let's walk through it. <laughs> we might say, huh, I'm not sure how to say that, too. I mean, that's <laughs> right. because you're right. Not everyone, every one of us can't know every single thing. It's impossible. But all that to say, we appreciate you listening in, yeah. but engage with us. We'd love to hear emails, uh, your questions through email. You can send those to the path at lafayettefirst.life. And that will send it straight to both of us. We mm-hmm. would love to engage with that. Or just come see us, man. 
Text us if you got mm -hmm. our number. If you don't, email us. We'll give you our number so you can text us. That's right. And we would <laughs> love to help, and help you engage with those in your life who need to know the Lord and um, in, in ways that are specific to those mm -hmm. questions. So, send that. Thank you for joining us again. Mm -hmm. We can't wait till next time as we will join you and you'll join us on the path. For, as for that, I'm Derek. I'm Jason. We'll see you later. We'll see you later. Thank you.